Actually, we're going to bring Sal on right now. Sal Capaccio joining us on the Wester Hotline here on WGR. Sal, good morning. Thanks again for taking the time on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday. Uh, and it's leading up to what what is probably going to be an even more beautiful Sunday tomorrow. It is, absolutely. Uh, obviously, uh, today, special day in America, pausing to uh, you know remember all the victims and think about all the heroes from 9-11. Yes. So we want to do that today. It's a special weekend in the NFL. They're going to be recognizing uh, many of those heroes and victims as well. Uh, but tomorrow's going to be a special day inside that stadium for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, tomorrow, just first time in... Man, it just it, it's remarkable because last year you almost kind of forget sometimes that there weren't any fans in the stadium. But just with how great the Bills were playing um, tomorrow, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really, really cool event to see a full stadium again with, with fans all in attendance cheering on the Bills. And, um, and, and just tomorrow's game will have so much more meaning than just getting back to football. It's, it's almost getting... Uh, somewhat back to normalcy here for a regular NFL season. And, and not only that, but you're actually going to have an extra game on the schedule to worry about going forward. But certainly tomorrow is going to be not only a special day for the Bills, but the rest of the league. Yeah, you know, on our um, extra point show that, you know, you're on there with, uh, with Joe and I, we were talking yesterday and we, had, we took a lot of calls. I asked people, I said, you know, what, is, what, do, what does Bills football mean to you? And, you know, a lot of people called in and one person was crying and, how it meant so much to him and his family. He's mm-hmm. a service member, and you know his dad passed down. You know the his Bills fandom to him. And he lost his dad, and you know, and just it was incredible. And some people were just really fired up about the season. It was very different. But I, I like what Joe said. It's it's not just a game; it's a reunion. Yeah, right. I think that's what tomorrow represents is a reunion around the league. Mm-hmm. You know, getting back together again for everybody, but especially here in Buffalo, one of the places that had no fans last year until the playoffs when there was limited capacity and even then six seven thousand but i think that's what tomorrow represents is it's not just a football game it's a it's a regathering of people who've missed each other and missed each other's company sal capaccio joining us here on the western hotline here on wgr so sal let's get into the matchup tomorrow between the bills and the steelers at highmark stadium one o'clock kickoff with uh with you eric wood and john murphy on the call of all the play-by-play action here on wgr and along the bills radio network uh starting off with injuries luckily for the bills at least um, looking relatively healthy. Uh, I mean, Sean McDermott said with you and Joe yesterday that we're not going to have Starlo Tulele in the lineup. He's going to be out as he's uh, dealing with a calf issue. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is questionable. He was limited at practice yesterday. Sal, is there is there optimism that maybe he could play, or how do you feel that situation is going to play out? Well, for McDermott not to rule him out and to say that he would be limited in practice and he has been limited all week, you know, at least there's hope. You know, that's 48 hours before the game. You still have all today. You still have tomorrow morning. And, look, Emmanuel Sanders is a professional. He's been in this league a long time. I'm sure he knows how to take care of his body and to, you know, get things right. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't guarantee he's going to play, of course, but I think there should be some optimism, at least there, to know that, you know, this is a veteran player who's been down this road before. Now, the flip side of that is it is a marathon, not a sprint, right? It's game one. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put him out there if there's any issue whatsoever that you think could cause him to – you'll re-aggravate something and miss games in the future. And the Bills have a very deep wide receiver group. You know, I mean, what if you don't have Emmanuel Sanders, sure, it might hurt your offense in some respect, but Gabriel Davis is still there. And I think Jay Kumaro could have a bigger role. And Isaiah McKenzie is still there. So, you know, I don't think it's critical that Emmanuel Sanders play in this game, but I would think that the Bills at least would, you know, take it up as far as they could to, to see if that's the case. 
Sal, what do you think about the uh, the signing of TJ Watt and just what it means for um, this game and also just for the long-term picture of the Steelers? Because, you know, the, the Steelers, it almost seems like this might be their kind of last hurrah with Ben Roethlisberger, at least for the offensive side of the football. But the defense, they've got a young pass rusher who's a, a multi-time All-Pro who's still very good and just he, the second he takes over a game, you can't you can't take that grasp back from T.J. Watt. Once he's got the game in his hands, um, he knows how to just take over and, and totally dominate and wreck other teams' game plans. Yeah, he's a he's a fantastic player, of course, right? I mean, uh, he signed a really big deal. That's a lot of money to give him. But you know what? He's uh, he's been a top performer in this league since he came into the league. And you're right. You know, he's a guy that can absolutely wreck a game plan. Now, look. When, when Bills fans think back to last year and they remember that Daryl Williams did a really good job on him, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go out there and you have to do it again. There's no guarantees. But you look at that defense as a whole, they lost Bud Dupree. Um, they're secondary. They've, they've had some changeover there. Um, they did sign Melvin Ingram. He's going to be out there, of course. And then um, uh, Cameron Hayward's a, a really good player as well. Right. So they, they, they have a really good defensive front. Um, Stephen Tewitt, that's a big loss for them in this game. He's not going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that it all is about their front, and it's about getting after the passer. They're going to try and do that with Josh Allen. If the Bills can mitigate that in any way, I think they're going to have opportunity on the back end to try and make some big plays. And, and you're right about, about Ben and, and this being their last try. I think maybe, maybe another year, depending on what kind of season he has. But this is a team that's kind of, even when they haven't had the greatest rosters, they've had a Hall of Fame quarterback. And, you know, he's kind of covered up all those holes. They're getting to a point where that's not going to be the case anymore. So until they figure out that quarterback position, they're certainly going to have to rely on their defense and the running game going forward if Ben Roethlisberger is not the same quarterback he once was. Sal Capaccio joining us here on the Wester Hotline here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary on this Saturday once again. Uh, last thing I'll ask you, Sal, about this upcoming matchup tomorrow. Um, what is the biggest matchup for you? going into this game is it is it you know the new look offense against this bills defense is it uh josh allen going up against uh you know the the secondary the steelers what are you watching for the most going into uh tomorrow's matchup well it's where i think the bills have the biggest advantage and need to take advantage of it and that is the bills defensive front against the steelers offensive line which is in transition they're starting a couple rookies they have inexperience there um they, they could be starting four rookies overall on their entire offense but, you know, this Bills defensive line is revamped. They put a lot of resources in it. You go back to Ed Oliver being their first pick ninth overall just you know, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago. And then A.J. Epinesa, their top overall pick, second round in 2020. And this year in 2021, they spend their top two picks on the defensive line. That's their last top four draft picks, essentially. A one, a two, and a one and a two are all on the defensive line. And then you bring in F.A. Obata as well. You bring back Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. They better get after, you know, that offensive line. If not, you know, we have some serious questions we're going to be asking about on Monday after this game and, you know, where that stands because this is exactly the kind of situation that they did this for. Now, I would also caution against anybody thinking they're just going to go out there and sack Ben Roethlisberger six times. That's not going to happen. The man does not want to get hit. He releases the ball within 2.4 seconds, which is the fastest in the league last year, according to analytics. He does not want to sit back there. He doesn't want to get hit. They also have a brand-new play caller and offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. So there's going to be a little bit of a feeling out process there. But I think the biggest matchup for me, the most critical matchup, is where the Bills have to take advantage. And that's their defensive line against the Steelers' 
offensive line. And, and the other part of this, Brayton, is you have a, a young offensive line, an experienced offensive line, going into Buffalo week one. I mean, that communication piece is going to be really big for them. Mm-hmm. Any questions that you have for Sal Capaccio, now would be the time to give us a call, send out a tweet, send out a text for Sal for the show. Uh, call us at 803 if you want to join in and have anything that you want to pass along to Sal in the, the remaining few minutes that we have here. Sal, I want to go back to your to your crystal ball predictions that you posted on our website, WGR550.com. You can find it there on our homepage. And, you know, I think I think especially for the AFC, your your picks for each division, not too surprised. But the AFC wild card, I'm I'm a little intrigued on. Uh, the Colts, I th- I think, are a playoff team. But you know, uh, you have the Chargers there as one of them. But your third team, the Patriots. Um, mm. What what do you see in the Patriots this year that makes you believe that they they get back into the playoffs, especially with Mac Jones under center as as a rookie quarterback there? It was hard for me, great, and it really was. I didn't know what to do there. It really was more about a process of elimination. It wasn't about the Patriots as much as it was about everyone else around them. That last spot for me came down to really. Four teams, I would say. Um, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Broncos. And by process of elimination, and this is even before the Ravens lost Gus Edwards, I picked this, but now they've lost Gus Edwards and they lost Marcus Peters. They go along with losing J.K. Dobbins. I mean, they're really hurting uh, at running back and at cornerback now, two areas that they really rely on to win football games, right? They, they want to run the ball. They want to press you on defense. So, I just don't think the Ravens are a playoff team based on that and the fact that I think the league is, by and large, kind of caught up with Greg Roman's offense with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. That was one. And then the Steelers, boy, I, I think that, I think the Browns are winning that division, and I think that it's going to be a competitive division. Their crossover to the NFC is the NFC West, so I think the schedule's a little harder. I think Ben Roethlisberger, we saw him aging last year. They lost five out of their last six, including the playoffs last year. So I, I don't have the Steelers, so that left to me really the Patriots, the Broncos. I like the Broncos roster, but I have the Chargers making the playoffs. So how can I have three teams from the West? I can't because I have the Chiefs winning that. And that really brings in the Patriots, where I think they're going to be probably nine, ten win team. I think they can. But I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't be shocked right if they win four or five games. I don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. I think every single time I think about the Patriots, I have them in a different spot. I either have them winning four or five games or nine or ten games and sneaking in as a wild card. And I'm just not as high on the Dolphins as a lot of people are because I'm not convinced in Tua. i got to see it. So, you know, last year, with, even with all of their issues, Bill Belichick still did a pretty good job coaching that team. I think that they're going to they're gonna play tight enough, smart enough, good enough football on defense and running the ball to get in there. But, again, it's, just, it's, not a, it's, a, it's a shaky ground pick. I just don't think that they're going to be like some wild team that's going to be – I don't think they're going to win the division. And they're probably going to be out early in the playoffs – but I can see it happening. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you my my kind of this isn't necessarily a hot take prediction. It's just it's just a bold yeah. prediction for the AFC. Uh, I think we're going to have another 10 and 6 team that doesn't make the playoffs like the Dolphins did last year. I I just think that the AFC is that good where uh, you're probably going to have another team that finishes with a really good record and somehow some way don't make the playoffs. Well, that would be ten and seven this year. Ten right? and seven, so yes, that, right? Yeah, because well, you think about it. You know, does the seventeenth game give make at the end of the year? Are we looking and going, wow, a team got in with seven losses, or does the seventeenth game you know give more opportunity, uh, you know, and give more opportunity, or do you have to win that extra game now? I should say to get to eleven, it's going to be a really interesting one mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I, I can see it. I can see that happening. Um, there, because of the expanded playoff field, you're always going to probably 
You're going to see a team here or there go down the road that's going to get in with a lesser record. But I think the AFC is really good, and I agree with you that it might take it might take 11 wins this year to get in because the middle of the AFC is really fat and good, whereas the NFC, I think, is super top-heavy instead. Sal, uh, your NFC picks, too. I mean, the NFC East and Washington, I could easily see that happening. I think Dallas is probably the closest team contending with them. Uh, Packers, Buccaneers, Rams, I think that's expected. Uh, but your two but two of the NFC wildcard teams, the Vikings and especially the Panthers, I mean, I think the Panthers yeah. are, for, are, are in for a good bounce back year, and I think they will contend. But what are your thoughts on, on the Vikings and the Panthers especially getting into the playoffs? Yeah, for some reason, I for some reason, and I'm probably dumb for it. I I, I take the Vikings every year. I just I don't know why. I, I've always liked Mike Zimmer as a coach, although he's, he's disappointed me the last you know couple of years, or whatever. Last year, mm-hmm. um, I always think the Vikings. But the other part is the division is just not good. Uh, I don't think the Bears are going to be very good. The Lions aren't going to be very good. And I think you know the Packers, other than Aaron Rodgers, they don't have a great roster. So there's opportunity there maybe for the Vikings. But I'm high on the Panthers. I like the Carolina Panthers. I like Matt Rule. I think he's a good coach. They have a lot of weapons. Christian McCaffrey is healthy again, bringing Sam Darnold in. I really like their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. I think he's going to do a really good job with that group. Um, that's a team the Bills will see in late December. That's that Sunday, maybe Saturday game that we don't know yet. That's a TBD game. So I think by that time, you know, Carolina could be really in the mix there for that playoff spot. And, and I think, like I said, I think the NFC is top-heavy. You look through the NFC – there's a lot of teams that you think, oh, maybe maybe they could sneak in right there, and that's my team this year is Carolina doing that. Mm-hmm. All right, Sal, I'll let you uh, I'll let you hype up Bills fans with your Super Bowl pick uh, here before we let you go. So go ahead. The floor is yours. Well, I've never done it before, and it felt weird writing it. It felt weird saying, doing it. It feels weird talking about it, but I have the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl. Going to L.A., SoFi Stadium, day before Valentine's Day 2022, and beating the Rams in their home stadium, by the way. I have the Rams – Two years in a row now, a team going and playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Of course, last year was the Buccaneers. But, you know, Brayton, last year I picked the Bills to go to the AFC Championship game and lose to the Chiefs. That happened. And I'm not saying that to, to puff my chest out. Okay, maybe I am a little bit. But the reason I'm saying it is, you know, I do think this has been a process and a build that this is where this team is now. Um, it is not a hot take at all for anybody to pick the Buffalo Bills to win a Super Bowl. Uh, several people have done it. Pete Prisco did it of CBS Sports last week. I mm-hmm. think um, – I think it was Kyle Brandt who picked them to win the AFC yesterday. I don't know if he picked them to win the Super Bowl on Good Morning Football. And they are a trendy pick. Sometimes that scares you, right? A trendy pick is usually the one that doesn't go. But I think they have all the tools. It's their goal. Um, this is a, We're in a championship window right now for the Bills for the next several years. So why not this year? Why not let's start it off and, and, and get it done right away? Couldn't have said it better myself, Sal. Well, Sal, enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and uh, we'll hear plenty more from you tomorrow in pregame and also uh, during the game as you'll be on the sidelines covering the game. And uh, thanks again for taking the time this morning to join me. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be fun. Thanks, man. Thanks, Sal. Sal Capaccio joining us here on the Western Hotline on WGR. And Sal's appearance, as always, is brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it is the place to buy a case.